single person out there that's listening. You yes. and you and you and you. Hello. That's four people. That's every single person oh, listening. I like that. I think we doubled from last week. Anyway, this is the On the Movie Front podcast. This is episode 21. Blackjack. Episode Blackjack. I like that. <laughs> episode Blackjack. Uh, I'm Robert. I'm Michael. And we will be your hosts for this evening. Or day, if you're listening to it during the day. But it's evening now for us. Right. Or mid or midnight. You could be listening to it at midnight. But does that not count as evening? Is midnight not an evening? No, that's like the night. The the dark of the <laughs> night. <laughs> the night of the night. <laughs> Alright, so um so what do we got in store for this episode? We have some movie talk. Movie talk. I guess that's what this podcast is about. Yeah, this is gonna be a good one though. Right. I like I'm I am pumped to podcast tonight. Ooh, pumped to podcast. <laughs> Usually Mike isn't very pumped to podcast. What? I'm just <laughs> I'm always pumped. You are Mike. always pumped. Okay. But especially pumped today. We have some uh yeah, we have something new that we're going to throw in a new segment. Hopefully you guys enjoy it. I think we kind of enjoyed it when we were preparing it. Yeah, definitely. But we'll see later on. Uh, but first and foremost, let's just go right into what we've been watching. Michael, I think you're going to take this away since I I saw a movie, but I'm not going to talk about it because we we're, just we're going to save it for next week because I'm going to try and see Midnight in Paris, and that was the movie Rob saw, but he's going to wait because you can't ruin it without talking about it, and I want to see it. So, tough luck for you guys. You'll have to listen in next week. Um, so I went to see a double feature. I saw Transformers and then Bad Teacher in that order, so that's the order I will talk about them. <laughs> um, first of all, I, was, I will say I was upset because I had to see Transformers in 3D. Mm-hmm. There was no option. The timing wouldn't work out for me to see two movies. So I was like, okay, I'll go see it. I was like, you guys know out there I hate 3D movies. They're just so bothersome. All right, so Transformers is the third in... Uh, the trilogy. The trilogy. <laughs> so far. So far. There could be more. There probably will be more. It made a ton of money opening weekend. Too much money. Way too much. I think I might have lost my bet on opening weekend. It's close. Oh, I forgot about our bet. Yeah, it was supposed, I said it wasn't going to make Wait, it. Wait, did we say opening weekend or did we say overall gross? Overall gross. Right, you said 150. <laughs> I think it made like 140. <laughs> Something ridiculous like that. Well, so if you didn't I say am, it, I would have forgotten. So I'm I think bound to lose. We'll just call it even because I would totally. We'll see. We'll see. It. And then you may never get there. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Okay. So anyway, this is starring Shia um directed by Michael Bay. Um, there's a ton of cool actors in here: John Turturro, John Malkovich, Ken Jeong. Uh, who you know from The Hangover, or if you watch the TV show Community, he's the Asian guy. That's pretty much his... Spanish uh, teacher? Yeah. Yeah, he's the Spanish... Mr. Uh, Spanish Chow. teacher. Mr. Chow. Mr. Chow. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Spanish teacher. <laughs> Mr. Spanish teacher. That's his name on the show. Who else we got? Um, so we have the replacement of uh, Megan Fox, whose name is... I have to look this up. Does, uh, is that it? Is it even here? Um, I don't know. Is that not her? It might not be her. I'm gonna click it. Rosie Huntington Whitley. Yeah, that's her. All right, that that is the uh, replacement. Rosie Huntington Whitley. Whitley, I guess. Yeah. White. White. Never heard of her before. She's very very hot. Um, completely completely useless in the film. Um, so yeah. Was Megan Fox useless? Yeah, of course she was. She didn't even add anything. A hot to girl that. running around. Anyway, the story is the Transformers are back. Um, apparently, when the when the 
the good guys were battling the bad guys. I'm not going to try and remember all these titles for these Transformers. I, I watched the show, but I still don't remember. The good guys versus the bad guys, when they were battling for uh, control of their planet, they sent away a ship with uh, the tool to win the war, um, but the good guys ended up losing the water of the war because the bad guys destroyed the tool, the massive tool, which turns out to be like you could transport like as many things across the universe as possible, so they would have been able to have like extra armies and battle people and etc cetera, etc. Cetera. So they, that landed on the moon, and in 1969, when we landed on the moon, it was really because we were getting that tool. At least that's what the Transformers movie will tell you. The plot in this movie is extremely convoluted. Uh, it's a mixture of them trying to re reinvent history with them, you know, trying to bring it into the 22nd century, I guess you could say, trying to be advanced as advanced as possible with all these machines and, and new inventions. And it's just, the plot is just, it's horrible. Uh, for, we watched like 45 minutes of the film where Shia LaBeouf tries to get a job and fails miserably. Um, he's got a medal from Obama in the film. <laughs> we see that happen. And he can't get a job anywhere. And finally, John Malkovich hires him to be a male, uh, work in the mail room at some massive company. Which we learn is a ploy by Patrick Dempsey, who's in the film, uh, to get to Shia LaBeouf. LaBeouf. <laughs> I can't say his name, so I'm going to just keep trying to... LaBeef. LaBeef. Shia LaBeef. Um... So yeah, Patrick Dempsey is in this film, and he is actually Shia LaBeouf's girlfriend's boss. Uh, he like restores cars, but he's actually been working for the bad robots the whole time. His father worked for them centuries ago. It's not centuries ago. I'm, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I apologize. It's not like an idiot right now. Uh, his father worked for them and made a pact, and so. Patrick Dempsey figures, well, if the bad robots destroy Earth and take over, they'll still need one human to rule all the humans, all the human slaves. Aha. Uh -huh. So Who is that? Patrick Dempsey. Oh. <laughs> well, that's his plan. It'll be him. So anyway, this movie goes on. The plot is, is useless. Uh, there's a ton of action, but, you know, it's the same as the other two movies, just recycled over again. There's some cool sequences. Um, the best is the one you see in the preview where the building is, is being torn apart and it's slowly collapsing. Uh, Chicago just gets annihilated pretty much from to bits and pieces. So the movie was like entertaining as far as like if you like destruction, you'll you'll be enjoyed. Uh, the movie's over two hours long. Very boring. The best part of this movie for me was the fact that Ken Jeong and um, and John Malkovich were in it, and they worked together with each other, and <laughs> they were both hilarious in this film. Uh, just their reactions and stuff like that. I mean, absolutely hysterical. So for that, that 20 minutes of the movie was worth seeing the whole thing for me. But overall, I would say you could skip this movie. And I'm going to rate it a 41. A 41 yeah. out of 100. Yeah. Not a very good score. No, but not I a think, good score. I think, is it safe to say that if you enjoy the first two Transformers, you'll enjoy this one? It's the same thing, It yeah. is the same thing, right? I think it's slightly better than the second one. Possibly, I honestly think it's better than both of them. <laughs> That's, That's not good. saying a lot. <laughs> That's not saying a lot. In my opinion, a lot of people love the first one, so... Um, I, I highly doubt anyone else beside me would, would say that this one's I better. I heard there was more... Like, I heard there was less, maybe, fast cuts in... 
action sequences and more maybe like slow motion. Is it, that true? I think it was definitely better uh, filmed. It, it was the action was better because you could tell the bad guys apart from the good wow, guys. Finally. And that was not something you could do in the movie. Not at all. In the first two movies. I just and like know. in the first two movies you'd have shots of like legs of the robots running, you know, like Optimus Prime running across the screen. And you didn't understand why he was running or what he was running at. But this movie they zoom out, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. You know, and you get to see who's actually fighting who. And it, it definitely made for a better movie. They definitely scaled down the robot size to make it like so you would be able to see these things in shots. That's good. Yeah. That's good. I, I mean like it that. was smart. Like it seemed like the logical step. I wish they had done that in the first movie. I think it would have made for a lot better of a movie and then you would have gotten better each time I would imagine I would hope. <laughs> Although that really hasn't happened. Right, right. So but, uh yeah. it was it was again a very lengthy film. A very lengthy. Very lengthy film. Lots so much excess. So much excess. I don't know why he just can't cut it. Cut it. Make it two I hours. Have no idea. Why two hours and forty minutes? Yeah, I Make it ninety minutes. Screw it. Yeah. Throw, throw, just leave the story in there. I don't know. He's he's a whole bunch of Michael Bay. What is your problem? Yeah. Scratching my head over this. I did not want to see this movie. I haven't seen the second Transformers. I don't plan on seeing it, and therefore I won't see the third one. Though I feel like Transformers are those types of movies where I don't really have to keep on watching all the movies. Just to, I could have probably enjoyed the third one. I had the right mindset. Yeah, there was there seeing. was one thing that I'm going to point out. Uh, it's a little bit of a spoiler. Absolutely okay. ridiculous. But like through the height of these massive robots battling all over Chicago, which is not a small city. It's not like three blocks long. Um, Patrick Dempsey, who's just a man, he doesn't have any cars or anything no at this point. No, no superpower. Magically ends up in the right spot like 15 times. Like he keeps being in the right spot to like interject in the action, punch Shiloh Bluff out of the blue, overhear a conversation. He's everywhere. The man is everywhere. And then magically, magically he climbs like a 30-story building, <laughs> and he's just on top of it. And you're like, how did he get up there? <laughs> it's so mind-boggling. It was very annoying, That's actually. Strange. That's strange. I, it was very comical, because every time you see like something really important to the storyline is happening, then they like pan out, and if Patrick Dempsey's just sitting there in the darkness, <laughs> and you're like, what the hell? <laughs> wow, that is strange. That is strange. Maybe he's a superhero in yeah, this Yeah, I, I guess. He has to be. I did read a couple people who somewhat... Uh, I mean, you mentioned the crumbling building. Yeah. Some people kind of threw that, or thought that, to be some type of 9-11, you know, similarity. Oh, really? Or oh. whether or not, like, just this huge building just crumbling or falling. Yeah, I mean, it was... I, w- I didn't make I mean, that I doubt, connection I at doubt all. Michael Bay was doing that purposely no, or, I don't know. you know, at all, but, I don't know, just, that's, that's just something I've been reading here and there. The, the, the only thing that bothered me about those scenes was that, you know, it was clear that throughout the movie, most of the people had evacuated all the buildings <laughs> while these robots are running around destroying things. It wasn't like they were going to stay inside the building. So this takes place like later, af- after you assume that everybody's gone for the city. So when the, you know, Shia LaBeouf and his team of, of, of you know, like Josh Duhamel and, and all those guys, the army guys, like go into the building to get up so they could uh, try to destroy a vital thing. I won't give it away. Um, when, when the building's starting to collapse, you see they, like, like they show you floors... And it looks like people have just been working the whole time. <laughs> They're in, like, regular business attire, 
being tossed around, and you're like, where are these people, and what are they doing? <laughs> Why have they been there the whole time? That is interesting. <laughs> just these ridiculous things. There's also this other scene where Shia LaBeouf just starts um, free running or par- you know doing parkour in the street. Clearly not him. Because <laughs> he's all like, we're not even to hide this. It's not <laughs> yeah, all of a sudden he's just like, he's like, no, I'm going in. And he just starts running and ducking under robots and like jump, you know, the free run jump. I don't know if you've ever seen it. They like place their hands on top of a car and then swing their legs mm-hmm. over. It's, it's very like symbolic if you've ever seen any movie with parkour. I always think of um, Casino Royale, like the first like 15 minutes of the film. There's like a giant... Uh, free free running uh, sequence, hmm. um, or if you ever see B12, uh, no, I'm sorry B13, that was like a famous like free running movie. I, I keep saying free running because that's what it was called before. It was called parkour in America. It's called free running, and then Britain claimed it was parkour, so that's what everybody calls it now. Sorry, I digress. <laughs> Very interesting. Yeah, Michael, explain this phenomenon to me. How come the critics don't like it, yet the audience loves this movie? We're looking at Rotten Tomatoes right now, and we can say that Rotten Tomatoes gave this a 38%, you know, you know, 38% of the critics like the movie. Yet, 90% of the audiences who have rated it on Rotten Tomatoes says they like the movie. There's that split between the audience and the, the public and the critics that's always going to be there, and obviously is here in this situation. So, like, why, why do... I don't know... Because I feel like people are not going into this movie to judge it. They're just like, oh, building's getting blown up. (laughs) I'm in. (laughs) They don't care really about what's happening. Like I said, there are a bunch of laughs in this film, which, if this movie was just a straight-up comedy, I think it would have succeeded. So so they're deliberate laughs. They're very deliberate laughs. And I like that. I'm sure the critics think that's absolutely ridiculous to the storyline, because it is totally unnecessary um, and unrealistic to the utmost extent. But are you okay with that? I mean, I, I, I'm okay with that. So you have to have these type of movies to enjoy once in a while. Sometimes I, I like a stupid action flick once in a while. I do, you know? too. I definitely like a stupid action flick. It, it's just like... They just get to be a little... This movie gets to be a little ridiculous. (laughs) Way over the top. Yeah. And I think that's where critics are like, okay, come on, the American public's a little smarter than this. Mm -hmm. And I think they kind of, like, get in that, like, almost, I want to say, like, political stance. Like, I'm going to represent the people and say, like, this movie was stupid. We're not going to respect it. And then the the people are like, oh, why'd you say that? We love it. (laughs) (laughs) You know, just like in politics when a, a governor votes for a bill and then half the, you know... Like in New Jersey, when Christie like voted against teachers, all, everybody's like, "Why? <laughs> you know, that's not cool. Yeah, that's yeah. not what the popular vote was." You know, and he's like, "Oh, I thought it would be," because <laughs> that's how he talks. Of anyway, course. enough about politics. So yeah, so I gave this movie a forty-one. Forty-one out of one hundred. Not very good, no. but again, if you like the first two, yeah. you're gonna like this one. Yeah. Okay. All right. So moving on to Bad Teacher. This is the uh, Cameron Diaz, Jason Siegel, Justin Timberlake uh, movie. <laughs> Comedy. <laughs> Comedy. Um, basically, it's just about uh, Cameron Diaz is very simply a bad teacher. Um, she took a job at this, you know, this high school for a year, and she met a, a guy who's like filthy rich, and she was going to marry him. But you know, he figured out that. She was just marrying him for his money, so they get divorced, and he she's got to go back to work at this school. 
So she's basically just phoning it in every day until she finds out about the opportunity to the best performing teacher. The best teach the teacher who gets the students to have the best scores on a certain test gets uh, a seven grand bonus, and that's going to get her her boob job, which is going to land her a really rich man. That's what she thinks. Right. So that's what the whole the whole like first half of the movie is all about. Um. Yeah, and that's pretty much the whole plot. <laughs> Uh, yeah, there's just, like, many sequences of her being a bad teacher, and then her turning it around and trying to raise money. Before she finds out about the test thing, she runs a car wash and, you know, tries to look really hot and get all this money from the car wash and steal it from the kids. There's also this other teacher who is trying to stop her and is kind of, like, caught on to her, you know, what she's doing. Mm -hmm. Now, Justin Timberlake, uh, is a teacher there, but he also is, like, the heir to, like, some famous watch company... So he's got, like, millions of dollars, and she tries to win him over, but he's really in love with the other teacher. So, yeah. I guess my only question is, was this movie funny? At times. Any scene Jason Segel was in was hilarious. Uh, well, for the most part, because he kind of plays a more serious character he's in a, this uh, film. He's a gym teacher in this yeah, film, Yeah, he's right? a gym teacher in this film. And he plays a very straight-up role. He's just kind of like, hey, I'm who I am, and I'm going to make you laugh. And then, you know, I want to date you. And he just keeps going after uh, Cameron Diaz, you know, failingly so, but until the end. Ooh. Wow. <laughs> Spoiler. Wow. Um, but, yeah, he's just so funny to watch on screen. His facial expressions crack me up. <laughs> so there were some, like, really funny parts. Like, uh, also the woman from The Office, uh, whose name I, I forget. She's the bigger woman in The Office. She always wears, like, the knitted sweaters on the show. Oh, Phyllis? Yeah, oh, Phyllis. Phyllis. Yeah, Phyllis. I want to say her name is actually Phyllis. No. There's no way. Phyllis Smith? Get out of here. I'm pretty sure I remember that. That's somewhere. so funny. Maybe that's not... Maybe that's... Oh yeah. Wow. Phyllis Smith. Anyway. <laughs> she... Like, the first sequence in the movie is her and Cameron Diaz talking, and she is hilarious in that scene. And throughout the movie, she's just, like, really, really funny. I, I, I really uh, like her character a lot. And it's very similar to Phyllis on the show, mm -hmm. but it's just still it's still funny. She has a good character yeah. on the show. It's good so there was like a lot of a lot of funniness to it. Uh, Justin Timberlake's character was pretty stupid. Uh, no fault of his, I don't think. It's just the way it was written. And uh, yeah, Cameron Diaz is not really that attractive anymore. So I kind of I really think that that hurt this movie a lot. <clears> I think she, if she was hotter, I think it would have been a little bit more believable. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, she does have a great body, but like. I don't know. It's just something about her. I never actually found Cameron Diaz to be too attractive. I don't know. I really liked her in Fidel Sky. She was pretty hot. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, So, but, uh, I would give this movie, like, a 35. I just really feel like it's just, you know, very, very, like, run-of-the-mill. It, it tries to hit all the right marks. And, I mean, it does. But it's just kind of like a like a softball lob, you know? It's just like, oh, here you go. Was uh was this movie rated R? It was rated R. Was it raunchy in that aspect? Was it a what rated bit. what rated the R? Definitely language. There was a lot of F words. Camera Diaz talking about, you know, sexual terms. Uh there's a dry hump scene between <laughs> Justin Timberlake and Cameron Diaz, which is not funny. I know they tried really hard to make it funny, but it just was not funny. Hmm. Interessante. So but yeah, you, it's weird because you 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 gave your review and it sounded like you were enjoying this film more than you enjoyed Transformers. Yet you gave it a lower rating. Cause I really feel like they try like they didn't try to do anything with this movie. Mm -hmm. it, it wasn't well written. It was just very run of the mill. But I I liked it because the characters are likable. 
I mean, uh, the actor. I should say the actors are likable. Like, I didn't have any problem with Cameron Diaz in the film. You know, she's just kind of like run of the mill or whatever. But I guess I gave it a lower score because I, I really feel like that it was just a movie that they didn't try with. You know, there there was nothing inventive about it, nothing new. It tried to be a raunchy comedy without really getting too raunchy. You know, uh, it didn't have a lot of heart. You didn't really buy the characters. You know, like transition so much. All of a sudden, she's you know she wants a boo job the whole time, and then she decides not to get it. It, it just kind of doesn't make any sense because mm -hmm. there's no real. There's no, there's nothing really like drawing you to Cameron Diaz's character. You have no reason to like her, none. <laughs> but then you're like, you have, you're just like, oh, I, I have to now. The story tells me so. But it's very, very similar to like any rom com, I guess. I mean, it's more just comedy with storyline in it about right. romance. But so you do not recommend this movie to our listeners out there. I mean, it's like if it was on TV, like late at night. Maybe. Why not? You know, you might as well turn it on, but save your money for, for unoriginality. That's why I give it so such a low score. Unoriginality. All right, no, that makes sense. I didn't really want to see it. <laughs> Good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's it. Moving on. Yeah, we're gonna take. Are we gonna do? Oh, we're gonna do this. The new bad thing. reviews. Okay, so she and I have been looking at some bad reviews that the the past movies that came out this weekend have been receiving. We have Transformers and Larry Crown, which is another bad teacher type of movie played by Julia Roberts. Unfortunately, both movies did get panned by the critics out there. And we have a few kind of funny snippets of reviews that we want to read to you, and maybe you guys will enjoy it as much as we do. So, I think we'll start with Transformers. Okay. okay. Alright, Mike, what, what do you got? Justin Strout from Orlando Weekly writes... I think I'm done with robots. <laughs> I got um, Ed Whitefield from the Otra. He he just pretty much is a three uh, a three word snippet right here. It says bring a book. <laughs> uh, Tom Huddleston of Time Out writes mostly this is fairly agonizing, long, loud, lurid, and lackluster. Ooh, that that sounds pretty accurate. I yeah, think. yeah. We have uh, Matt Neal of the Standard who wrote. Each subsequent Transformers film seems to prove one thing, that the first one was just a fluke. <laughs> so he liked the first one, I guess. <laughs> uh, Anthony Quinn of Independent writes, Director Michael Bay penetrates another junkyard fiasco that turns the volume up to 11 and the IQ to negative one. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. Uh, James Baradinelli from Real Views wrote, In the future, maybe Bay should abandon using a screenwriter altogether and just fill up 90 minutes with disconnected images of robo-carnage. <laughs> That's really funny. That makes sense. So I'm done with my Transformers reviews. Do you have any more? Um, yeah, I think I have one more. Um, Edward Douglas, he wrote, Michael Bay has essentially created his Star Wars prequels for a new generation, and that is not a compliment. <laughs> okay. Now, let's read some Larry Crown reviews. Larry Crown. Larry Crown, starring uh, Tom Hanks and Julia Roberts. I'll start this one out. This is by Roz Laws of the Birmingham Post. He wrote, It's not a terrible film, but it's also not amusing, feel-good, or moving. Hmm. So, pretty much there's nothing, I guess. Peter Cavanasse of the Groucho Reviews wrote, has the consistency of an individually wrapped slice of Velveeta. 
<laughs> I'm not really sure what that means, but it's very funny. I like to see that imagery. <laughs> go with that. Um, Christian Toto wrote, Larry Crown makes losing your job, your car, and your house look like the greatest thing to happen to a middle-aged man. <laughs> uh, Antonia Quirk of the Financial Times. Why would the Financial Times be a reviewing movie? Yeah, anyway, not? wrote, this is a film that can only be watched in utter misery. See it and share in cinema's degradation. Jeez. Yeah, right. That is harsh. <laughs> uh, my last one is by Christy Lemire, or Lemire. She wrote, Larry Crown serves as a reminder that you can have two of the most likable, bankable stars on the planet together, but strong writing is crucial to make them shine. And that is very true. Wow. Amen to that one. Well, John Anderson of the Wall Street Journal wrote, you wonder who thought any of this was funny. <laughs> and last but not least, Stephen Witte of the Newark Star-Ledger wrote, It's about as close to real comedy as a cup of milky tea is to a real meal. <laughs> Jeez. I don't know what that means, but it's hilarious. That was pretty funny. Okay, so those were the bad reviews of this past weekend films. We're going to take a short break. We'll be back with our main topic, which is... Should we tell them now? No. <gasps> You're going to have to stay tuned dun, to find dun, out. Dun. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. To our main topic, Michael. Yes, <laughs> we're gonna be talking extensively about. Dun da da da. Well, basically about Ryan Reynolds, I guess. There is this um, there's this blog post by Bill Simmons. He writes for ESPN, and he has ESPN. A, he has a blog out called Grantland, and pretty much they talk about you know movies. They talk about entertainment, and they talk about sports as well. It's just a very discombobulated random type of blog but they're very very awesome articles that they write and so Bill Simmons recently wrote uh, a uh, blog post and it was called The Movie Star and it's called uh, Perceived Success is the name of the game in Hollywood and to to just briefly summarize it he's going through what makes or what what makes someone a movie star and whether or not Hollywood is trying to push out movie stars and giving them that movie star title so we see these films or on the other hand which actors are actually movie stars in the right sense right and one person that he really does pick on in this article was Ryan Reynolds because he recently had his uh, Green Lantern film out which didn't do as well as everyone expected it to it had a very big budget and it's not going to meet that so Bill Simmons was you know very quick to say that Right off, right off the bat, Ryan Reynolds is not a movie star, and Will Smith is. So, you know what? Sheen and I, we read the article. We have a lot of thoughts about uh, this and what he said, so we're going to discuss in full about this. And I think this is going to be a very interesting conversation we're about to have. Yeah, I'm sure it will be. Okay, so do you want to start off, or? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what? You start off. Ooh. I wanna, I'm curious what you think, so. I'm curious to what you think as well. I think, uh... First and foremost, Will Simmons was very detailed and full in his post. I think he, uh, whether or whether or not you do agree with what he says, you can't deny that he did his research and he has pretty good points about what he's trying to say. He does, but he—I should say—he is a little biased. 
Oh yes, I think he's very biased. <laughs> he's very biased. I, I, uh, I don't think he tries to hide it either. Uh-uh. But uh, yeah, he he is biased, and I can't say that I disagree with him. I think Ryan Reynolds is you know just an actor right now that is gaining popularity, but I wouldn't right now call him a movie star. Because aside from Green Lantern, what movie did he star in that really was bankable? And do you does anybody go to see a movie just because Ryan Reynolds is in it or because of something else? I think people, whoever wants to see Green Lantern, probably because it's a Green Lantern film, it's a superhero film, not because Ryan Reynolds is in it. You know, and uh, he makes the point with the proposal that was more of a Sandra Bullock film than a Ryan Reynolds film because Sandra Bullock, I believe, is more bankable than Ryan Reynolds. Um, and then he goes through the whole. Since 2001, he became uh, an actor. He was in you know four straight to DVD films. He, you know, waiting maybe, but that I mean, what like 13 million people saw that. I mean, 13 million dollars worth of gross. Uh, so he made his points. I kind of agree with him. I also agree that Will Smith is a movie star, and like you, you compare both of those two, I think it's you know unmatchable. Yeah. So I know you like Ryan Reynolds a lot, and I, I'm not saying I don't like Ryan Reynolds. I just don't think he's a movie star yet. Would you agree or disagree with that? This is this is my thing. Um, I feel like Ryan Reynolds, he really became popular because you know he started hooking up with Scarlett Johansson, and I think like both like. You know, at, at that peak of, of time where he became very popular in, like, magazines and stuff like that, women were fawning over him because he was named people's, bet, you know, hottest man of the year, mm-hmm. right? So, obviously, you know, he's got the amazing body going for him and whatnot. And, and then guys are like, oh, he's dating the hottest chick right now, Scarlett mm-hmm. Johansson. And I think that catapulted him to popularity. I don't want to say movie star status, but popularity. And it's like... They want to capitalize on the popularity. More like a celebrity than a movie star. Yes, right. yes. But, you know, he is a person who is starring in movies, so by definition, he's a movie star, you know? Yes, the movies he's been in have not been that great, you know, like X-Men Origins, Wolverine, and Blade Trinity, and, you know, he's, he's done a lot of stinkers. <laughs> you know, he says in the article that his IMDb average is like 36% or something like something that. Something like that. So, you know, that's really not good. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I don't think that... I, I, what the problem is, and, and Bill Simmons talks about this in his article, there's not a lot of leading men in Hollywood. You know, he, he says, he, he gives an arbitrary number of 24 leading men, and he goes on to list them. And it's a pretty fair list. I think he leaves some people off of it. Uh, definitely some people off of it that, you know, could easily be up there. Um... But it's like, you know, Ryan Reynolds is kind of just in that thing because he fits the leading man stereotype, you know? And th- this is a common thing with actors in general. Actors get stereotyped. Paul Giamatti, more or less, has played for years a lot of the same similar characters. Now, like, once he became popular, he was able to break out of those roles and play different characters, but he always played, he's a character actor, so he'll always play those kind of quirkier roles. It was a little bit, you know, the not the run of the mill. But for when you have, like, a leading man role that is just, you know, stereotypical, like, I need someone tall, someone fit, you know, someone blonde or someone who has black hair, like, and it's just going to be, like, fits that leading man persona, I definitely understand why they think, in, in Hollywood, why they think Ryan Reynolds fits that bill. You know, why they think, um, who's the guy who's doing Captain America? Uh, whatever his name remember. is. You know, he he fits the bill, you know, and why... 
why they actually like thrusted um so I can't I still keep blanking on names. Uh who's Wolverine? Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman, you know, was thrust into that role, that leading man role. I mean, he fits it, you know, these guys fit it. Uh if you if you ask me, Leonardo DiCaprio is the most un un um characteristic leading man of of all the leading men that, that Bill Simmons lists. But I think he's the most versatile as far as, like, acting goes. You know, and he keeps getting those, like, leading man roles, you know. So it's just it's just interesting to kind of think about, you know, why, why Hollywood is shoving, you know, Ryan Reynolds down our throat. But I think it's like, there's always been a problem with getting the female demographic to show up to movies. And I really think that Ryan Reynolds is a product of that. They really feel like he, because he's got that sexual appeal and and is in People magazine which is stereotypically a female red magazine you know he can maybe actually tap into that demographic and that's all movies are about you know nowadays is just trying to hit demographics so they can get as much cash as possible right right I guess that's kind of what they're saying uh, yeah. kind of what Bill Simmons was saying it's just like you know he's kind of becoming a movie star to a sense not because of his movies but because of his outside, whatever he's doing in the tabloids, in you know his marriage or divorce, and in People magazine, it's not because of his you know his products in the film. Yeah. And I think of uh, Bill Simmons. He goes through saying about you know what really constitutes an A-list actor. I think you have to be bankable, and at the same time be kind of critically acclaimed at least once in a while. You yeah. Know? And so. Uh, yes, he he. We hit on a uh, Leo. I think Leo is one of the better bit, uh, leading men right now in the uh, the genre, or just in movies in general. And yeah, you said he's very versatile, and he he picks apart how you know. It, there's a chance that Leo could have kind of followed a very plain and ordinary path and still became a movie star. I mean, after after Titanic, he was kind of just like I could I could see him typecasted in like every romance film coming up. You know, today yeah. almost like how Ryan Gosling was in The Notebook and like if he kept on doing those type of roles but Ryan Gosling really stayed to more independent roles right? and maybe one day he'll break out and become you know a star like like uh, Leonardo is right now because yeah. Leonardo he picks he doesn't pick your, your typical movies anymore it's, it's, it's challenging and, he, and I think he thrives on those challenges like Revolutionary Road or Shutter Island even Inception and you know as you can see from those films you're getting bigger and bigger and bigger people will go see a movie just because Leo yeah. is in it and um, I, I guess like Ryan Gosling, I, I threw out there that name just because of the Notebook, the whole romance thing. He uh, he's not a movie star yet. Right. He's not. I mean, you you just walk down the street and you, you ask ten people, do you know name two, three Ryan Gosling movies? I don't think half the people would be able to do that. You're probably right. But uh, he is a great actor. He is uh, for, for people who love the films that he's in. He is a very talented actor, and maybe one day he'll find that you know that kind of medium where he's you know, famous as well as getting critically acclaimed and making a lot of money. So, um, but he, he I, I like, I like Bill Simmons' uh, comparisons to how, like, it's hard, it's, it's kind of almost subjective thinking about, you know, whether or not a person is a movie star or not. It's not like someone in baseball, you have all these statistics, you can say, like, you know, he has this many home runs, this, this is an on-base percentage. You don't really have that in movies. And uh, that's true. I mean, it is very subjective. We can have arguments who is a movie star and who is not. And uh, pretty much he did that in the article. And I guess, I don't know, who, who would you say is up there A-listers right now? Well, you know, I want to go back to something that you and okay. I 
have actually talked about in the past. Um, sorry, I'm getting a phone call. I have to <laughs> silence. It. I was like, are you going to take that on the No, air? I was not going to take <laughs> it. Um, we, we had a discussion once about what, who was the bigger star, Ben Affleck or Matt Damon. Mm-hmm. And we went down and, and looked at statistics of, you know, who had more uh, higher grossing films, you know, who had a higher um, per movie uh, gross, you know, like like if you averaged out all their movies, um, you know, who had the highest grossing movie individually, and, you know, we looked at all that stuff. And we came to the conclusion that if you look at specifically in terms of money, Matt Damon was the bigger actor, you know, and and in critical acclaim, you looked at them both, Matt Damon was the, was the more cri- critically... Uh, reviewed positively actor so you know like I think about things like that and and, and actually discussing and which is uh, you know if you want to look at statistics like who's the better actor you know on paper it's Matt Damon but I like to think about it in opinion I mean for me it happens to also be Matt Damon but you know there are probably people out there who like you know uh, Ben Affleck more I would definitely put both of those men up as leading men Maybe not Ben Affleck so much anymore, but Matt Damon definitely carries movies. Right, right. You I know? would say, I, I mean, recently, I guess, just, I, I don't know. You want to just focus on, like, the last year, or... Well, just, just yeah, I mean, for now, recently, I mean, so Matt Damon had a Judgment Bureau, yeah. and Ben Affleck had The Town, right. pretty much. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you combine those two movies, I think The, the Town was much more, you know, received... Oh, yes. Yeah. ...than uh, Adjustment Bureau. But then, of course, then you got to look back at the careers, and, you know, they both share the Oscar. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt Damon has been, I think, in, in, in better roles, in more challenging roles. Yeah. I think, it's, uh, I think it's clear to say that Matt Damon is the better actor. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I kind of... I really do like and I applaud what Ben Affleck is doing, you know, behind the camera type of thing, even... Yeah continuing to write some screenplays and I mean, they're both awesome I, I like yeah. them both I like them both some people don't like Ben Affleck some people you know but I do like them both and um, but I guess yeah like what you're saying with just A-list or just who's a biggie, bigger movie star it would have to be Matt Damon yeah. but I, I think overall right getting back to Ryan Reynolds you gotta, you gotta look at like who, who can carry a movie I mean and so much goes into that and you know I think about with Ryan Reynolds I think about Buried which was a movie with only Ryan Reynolds. I thought it was a fascinating movie. Obviously, it didn't earn much, but it didn't have as wide a release as a lot of the other movies. It didn't have as much financial backing, uh, advertising. You know, it was a small film, and it stayed on a small scale. And I think some of the smaller films that Ryan Reynolds has done have been the better ones that he's done. I I don't know why that is, you know, Acting-wise, like, you know, I mean, the bigger movies, they, they ask for a specific type of character. They say, oh, we want you to be this. And I think he, it's his job. He's like, okay, I'm going to do that for you, and I'm going to get my paycheck, you know. I mean, I don't know. He's not a bad actor. He's never been bad in anything, I think, per right, se. Ma- maybe Blade Trinity, I think, he might have been bad in, but that was just a really bad movie overall. I agree. I don't think Ryan Reynolds has been bad in anything, but... Yeah, like you said, the more indie films he can, you know, he has more freedom probably. He has, he can actually act in these films. Yeah. But um, I mean, may, hopefully, buried. I didn't see it, but I, yeah, I mean, you love it, and a lot, a lot of people did like it. And um, hopefully, something those those type of indie films can, you know, open studios executives' eyes and be like, okay, we need someone that's this challenging role. 
maybe we'll pick Pretty Boy Ryan Reynolds for this role, yeah. or you know, scuff him up a little the bit. The biggest problem is like you know, studios want to give money to movies that bring people into the seats. That's why Transformers gets you know, whatever, sixty million dollar budget, and you know something like. I would imagine Larry Crown probably only has like a $15 million budget movie. You know, I don't know what the budgets are. I'm just completely going off of numbers I'm picking out of the air. But I'm just saying, like, studios are less willing to get behind a movie like Larry Crown than they are to get behind a movie like Transformers. Because they know they're going to make their money back on Transformers. Right. And, right. like, a, la a movie like Larry Crown, they're, they're not as confident in. I mean, that specifically, I guess, is an exception because Tom Hanks and people who love Tom Hanks and they're willing to give him a chance. But those, like a small independent Ryan Reynolds film, nobody wants to give that money. They, they're not. They don't trust that. You know. Well, that's true. I mean, even if that, if, if if the next movie, let's say Green Lantern did fantastically, the next movie, if Ryan Reynolds wanted to do an independent film, he wouldn't get backing for it. They, or like, you know, they'd give him like five, ten million. Right. They're, they're, it's just not going to happen. And in a way, I think that's just you know more proof that he's not a movie star yet. I don't think it has to do with him being a movie star. I think it has to do with the fact that, like, that's the way the industry is. Well, yeah, you know? I think it, I think it plays in both, though. I mean, because I think if Leo wants to do a small film, I think anyone's going to give that money to a Leo film to make. Yeah. Even a Will Smith film, you know, but if Will Smith won't do it. Um, even like a like a Brad Pitt film in Tree of Life, you know, they're they're <laughs> it's out there now. It's going yeah. to be going wide, and uh, Brad Pitt is a very bankable actor as well. Even though people are going to be very angry when they see this film, he's just uh, and then like you replace Ryan Reynolds into Brad Pitt. And I, I don't, I'm not sure actually. I'll be honest. I think I think that, I think Terrence Malick was very smart in putting two very big actors in this film, so he can kind of get the wider appeal than uh, putting kind of like B C listers in the film. Yeah, but see, that's a good point. Like he's got A list actors, right? right? In my opinion, and yours, and it's still a small movie. Even when it releases wide, it won't release wide like Transformers releases wide. Oh, yeah, wide. definitely not. You know, it, the, but it will make its budget. Yeah, but it's not going to make millions, like, you know... Right, but, I mean, it's a Sony, Sony Pictures classics. Like, you know, it's, right. it's not going I, to be Warner Brothers giving... Transformers, I think, had a $250 million budget. Right. So it probably will make... It, it already has made that yeah. worldwide. And I, I and like I think studios like that as long as they make profit they're happy. And uh Yeah, I, I definitely think it's true, but it's 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 just so risky for them, you know. They don't know that they're gonna make a profit. I you I, I really thought that um, obviously studios thought that Green Lantern was gonna make money. Right. They're like, Oh, this is uh, this is what's going on right now and it's not gonna make its money back. You know? But it it's kind of surprising to me, and I mean, I talked about it. The movie wasn't that bad. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm I don't know why the movie's not going to make its money back. I, I don't know why the movie's getting shelled as hard as it is. It was right. it was it was pretty enjoyable. Right, right. I I mean, again, I haven't seen it, so I don't really have much to say about that. But you're right. Yeah. I mean, critics did not like it. People did not go see it. It's kind of puzzling, and I guess it's it's easy just to make Ryan Reynolds a scapegoat because of this. What's happening? Yeah. At the same time, you gotta look at maybe yeah the the backing, the uh, the marketing, the writing, this and that. Just just look 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 all around, and maybe not exactly blame the leading man. Yeah. But so um, it, it's interesting to to really think about, you know, like we have no idea what goes on within the industry of like what maybe he can't get jobs as <laughs> doing other thing, you know, maybe they only want. Like, you know, on the paper, oh, we want a Ryan Reynolds type for this, you know, because it's he's got that persona about him. Right. So who knows? I just wanted to read the actors that Simmons actually put on this. 
that he said were, I think you said the 24 or something like that. He actually did list them, and I'm just trying to find it. All right, these are the these are the 24 male movie stars that uh, Bill Simmons says are, you know, the movie stars, the A-listers right now. You have Will Smith, Leonardo DiCaprio, Johnny Depp, Tom Cruise, George Clooney, Matt Damon, Brad Pitt, uh, Robert Downey Jr., Christian Bale, Tom Hanks, Denzel Washington, Ben Stiller, Adam Sandler, Russell Crowe, Jeff Bridges, Steve Carell, Seth Rogen, uh, Will Ferrell, Zach Galifianakis, Mark Wahlberg, Ben Affleck, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, Justin Timberlake, and Kevin James. Those were his 24. Which, like we said, a very good group, and, you know, it's hard to argue some against them. Well, there's some, maybe, maybe not. I, I mean, I love Zach Galifianakis. I wouldn't really call him a leading man. Yeah, he hasn't really led in anything yet. No. I mean, he, him I and guess Downey I guess, Jr. I guess and Judy, his I guess, argument, but. His argument is that people go see Hangover because of Galifianakis, not for the other two actors. You don't... I don't Bradley Cooper. I, don't see I mean, it for, Bradley it, Cooper did not it, did not even exist in the second movie, and it still made two hundred eighty million dollars. <laughs> what do you mean he didn't exist? Like he did he did nothing in the movie. I, I felt like his character was like useless. Oh, in the entire film. Uh, yeah. Galifianakis had the laughs, you know. Yeah. Oh well. I would say in the first movie Bradley Cooper was more important. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, it was still Galifianakis's movie, the first and second. So I I think I'm just I'm just defending what Bill Simmons is. I think that's what he was trying to get at. Okay. Um. I don't think I don't think I don't think two movies really means you're a movie <laughs> star right now. I wouldn't I wouldn't put Galifianakis as uh, my movie star list, but I'm just saying uh, that's probably what he's thinking. Justin Timberlake I wouldn't really put there either. Though um. Yeah. I mean, in, in, in his formula, Bill Simmons' formula is just that you're you, you're in movies that make a lot of money and you get a critical reception. And I guess Timberlake has both of them. So. Only one movie, really, that he's been in that's been... Well, that's one more movie. Either mo of them. Right, but that's one more movie than, I guess, Ryan Reynolds has under his belt. I mean, I guess that's true. Yeah, so, I mean... And then who else? Kevin James, unfortunately, he's in all these <laughs> stupid Disney movies that make a million dollars. He's so ridiculous. It's hilarious what he's doing, but I guess there's no critical claim there, so I don't know why he's there, but... Yeah, zero critical critical <laughs> Zero, but he does his thing. Um, I don't know, was Hitch, like, critically... Maybe not, like, praised, but it might have done... I have no idea. I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah, probably I not. Know. I don't know about that. That was a Will Smith movie. That yeah, was a Will Smith movie. <laughs> Will Smith is, a. Uh, Will Smith is one of a kind, though, as <laughs> they were saying. What is the next Will Smith movie coming out? Do you even know? I don't think anything's coming out, as far as I know. Oh, Men in Black 3. Oh, my God. Are they really making a third one? Yeah. <sighs> yeah. What is going on? What's wrong with the movie industry, Markle? Lots. <laughs> Lots of I'm things. I'm sorry, I was punching it's you okay. right there. Um, on, the, on a flip note, <laughs> where are the... What, what do you think about the leading females? How many leading females do we really have in the Hollywood industry? Um, not many, of course, no. is the answer. Um, I mean, there are there are obviously a few. Oh yeah, I would say I would say um, Sandra Bullock is one of them. Okay, right now Sandra Bullock is one of them. Zoe Deschanel, would you say? No. No. What? I, I can't even name like. Oh, Five Hundred Days of Summer. Um, <laughs> I mean, I mean, she was in Yes Man. Yes Man. She was in. Uh, Bridget Terabithia, but I can't name a movie that made over like forty million dollars, mm. which is actually a very low mark. Yeah, um, she she's more of that quirky, you know. Yeah, I know she plays more independent roles, but I I would say she's a leading lady in in Hollywood. 
No? Yeah. Okay. I would say like Reese Witherspoon would be more of a leading lady uh, than Zoe. That's, that's true, Reese Witherspoon. Um, I think Meryl Streep still does hold her power. Obviously, she's a legend, so yeah. she's better. She's kind of like at Tom Hanks's like level, where they might not be making the best movies now, but they're still you know people love them at least. Yeah, that's very true. Um, then after that, I mean Scarlett Johansson's kind of disappeared. Right, she, she was for a while, but I don't. I, I can't I even tell you a movie she's made in like the last like two or three years. Scarlet, yeah, I don't know. I would say um, I would bring up Kate Winslet, but she's not very bankable. But she is obviously very critically acclaimed. Yeah, but I'm not sure if she's ever really been in well, a what bankable. A, what film about besides um, Titanic, of course? Yeah, well, like Charlize Theron, fairly leading. I can't even name Rachel Weisz. She she's she's been in a lot. I mean, she's con she's like that like constant female star who you can never recognize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I <laughs> but agree she's with in that. everything, man. She really is. I would say Rachel Wise Weez, I don't know how to say her last name, more than Charlie's Theron. Yeah. Because I can't really name what Charlie's Theron not too many films. I got North Country and that's pretty much it right now in my head. Yeah, well I mean I think of like the Monster. monster. That, yeah. That's always like what I think of with her. She has been in a lot, though. What about uh, Angelina Jolie? Would you say she's one of the yeah, definitely Angelina Jolie, Jennifer Aniston? Unfortunately, yeah, but she she gets those those movies. She does. She's bankable. She is bankable. Yeah, I mean, critically acclaimed, not so much, but yes, bankable. Yes. Look at like even like Jennifer Lopez to an extent. J Lo. You know, there's a lot of people out there. I mean, like Hillary Swank's career dropped off. Mm. I don't know what happened to her. About Hillary Swank. She's been in some no-name movies. I think that's something we have to do some further research on for a future uh, topic. Look at the uh, some actors and actresses that win Natalie Portman that win the Oscar. Right, and Natalie Portman. I I did talk to my friend about. I still don't think I've ever really seen a movie because Natalie Portman was in. Really, I do. But uh. But she has been in bankable films, and yes, she just won her Oscar. So, I mean, I didn't go see V for Vendetta because Natalie Portman was in it. I just heard it was an awesome film. I didn't see Black Swan because she was in it. I saw it because it was Darren Aronofsky film. Mm. Um, so I, I saw No Strings Attached because she was in it. <laughs> <laughs> Not Ashton Kutcher, Mike. <laughs> I mean, that was the reason I went to see Garden State when it first when it first came out. Not because you live in the Garden State. No, <laughs> no, that was not the reason I saw it. It was a twofold reason. I had really liked the soundtrack mm. on it that I had bought. And it was out for like weeks and obviously getting critical pain, but I was like, I'm going to go see me some Natalie Portman. I'm going to see me some Natalie. Nothing wrong with seeing some Natalie. No. Um, but like I was saying, I think there's an interesting trend in mean, some actors and actresses after they win the Oscar, sometimes their career does kind of plummet a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Like you said, uh, who was the, the, the actress you just named? Hilary Swank. Yeah. I mean, I think she has two Oscars, maybe, and then, like, she hasn't really been She's in any... Jamie Foxx, after he won his foray, I I don't think he's been in anything decent, even, <laughs> so... No, well, he was in that um, Michael Mann film, uh, Miami Vice, oh, yeah. that was horrific, <laughs> and I think that, like, really hurt him, because a lot of people went to see it, and it bombed. <laughs> uh, that was, like, a really, really bad... Really bad. Film. Very interesting, though. Yes, um, I, that's all it takes is like one huge bad movie, and then people are kind of like turned off to you. Definitely, yeah. definitely. Let, we'll check out listeners. We're going to do our research, and we're going to come back. Not probably not next week, but in a further, a future episode, we're going to discuss this. Yeah. I think it's a it's a very uh, interesting kind of trend going on with the actors and actresses. Okay, but yes, we uh, are we done here? Yeah, I think we're I think, done. I think we talked about enough Ryan Reynolds and. Yeah. 
stuff for now. It was a very interesting conversation. Right. Um, so let's take a break, and yep. we'll be back. Chart battle we go. Hi ho. Alright, so this is www.flickchart.com, your number one website for comparing movies side by side, and you get to pick which one's better. Right. Yes. <laughs> this is the flick chart battle and This is the flick chart battle 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 battle. Let's, <laughs> <laughs> Let's get right to it. Our first matchup is Stand By Me versus Back to the Future 2. I have not seen Stand By Me, <gasps> so... So then should I just pick? Yeah. Is that how we do this? I forget. Well, I don't know, because this doesn't happen very often. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess we could skip it unless you want me to pick one. Uh, Would you pick Back to the Future 2? I don't know, this is... Okay. I expected this to be a thinker. <laughs> like, right, right off the bat. Then you gotta skip it. Right. Right, well, can you just, um, refresh the... Yeah, yeah, I could. Good point. But that was sorry. an awful start right there. Yeah, we gotta, I'm I think sorry, we should, guys. I think we should just rewind <laughs> and do everything over. <laughs> Alright, so... Oh <laughs> here we go. The Hangover versus Saving Private Ryan. You can't Saving compare the Saving Private two. Ryan. You cannot compare the two. Next we have The Little Mermaid versus Ace Ventura Back to the Detective. Well, that was hard to say for me. Uh, I'd go with the Little Mermaid here. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll be little girls Under the Little sea. Mermaid. Under the Sea. Day After Tomorrow versus The Sound of Music. Well, I've never watched The Sound of Music all the way through, but I'd definitely pick it over the Day After <laughs> Tomorrow. <laughs> that is good enough for me. I would pick Sound of Music as well. Oh, wow. Again, The Hangover. Seven versus The Hangover. we got to pick seven. Seven. That's Morgan seven. Freeman. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, the original. Versus The Mask, the original. <laughs> I would pick Willy Wonka. Yeah, me too. Love that movie. Crash versus Cloverfield. You're going to yell at me, but oh, I no. would pick... No. no, I gotta pick Crash. Yeah, thank God you're going to pick Crash. <laughs> Jeez, you scared me there. Star Trek wow, versus look at Star Wars. <laughs> Whoa. This is the original Star Wars movie, and this is the remake of Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> the J.J. Abrams one. Um, I really liked Star Trek a lot, but I right, have to pick Star right. Wars. No Star Wars. You know. Unbreakable versus Monster Incorporated. We're definitely going to disagree on this. Well, I don't know if definite. I know you're going to pick Unbreakable. I love that movie. I also liked <laughs> Unbreakable. <laughs> Monsters, Inc. wasn't my favorite Pixar film, but it was a very good Pixar film. Yeah, you're right. I'm probably going to go with Monsters, Inc. Now, should we flip a 2011 penny? <laughs> sure. I was. I went. I went somewhere, and they gave me this uh, so for the change, right? And I, I, the first thing I said was, "Is that a 2011?" And I looked at it, and it and was. And they're always lighter. Each year, they get lighter and lighter because America gets broker and broker. Good for them. So, what do you want? Heads to be Unbreakable and tails to be Monsters Inc. Sure. Now it's a penny. I don't know if I'm gonna flip it the same. Yeah, it's gonna be different. Tails. <laughs> Monsters Inc. wins. What's next? Zodiac versus The Ring. <laughs> Now, do we know what Zodiac this is? Yes, this is, this is the, the David Fincher, Jake Gyllenhaal Zodiac. Interesting. I'm picking Zodiac. Me too. <laughs> Interessante. Cast Away versus The Life of Brian. I gotta Ooh. pick Cast Away here. 
Really? That quickly? Yeah. I was not a big fan of the Life of no, Brian. No, you don't like Life of Brian? No. Well, it's, I'm going to pick... It's my least favorite Monty Python. Least? Pan's Labyrinth oh. versus Goodwill Hunting? Oh, oh my, my God. <laughs> Pan's Labyrinth um, versus Goodwill Hunting. Now, um... How do you even compare these two? I movies? don't know if this fight is wrong, but I want to say Goodwill Hunting was made in 1997 with Titanic. I don't know why it says 1998 here. I, I'm going to have to write to the flick chart people. Hmm. I'm going to have to write to them. I'm pretty sure. That, yeah, they were definitely the same year. I know that for a fact. So interesting. Wait, actually, they might. Yeah, they were. Both 98. I want to say 97. All right, he's going to look it up. I'm going to look it up. You're going to talk about. Oh, so Pan's Labyrinth. Was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Very in depth. I don't even know what to say. It's just like there's there's. Hey, 1997. Wow. Uh, don't ask me why I know that, but all right, that's pretty. Pants Labyrinth is um, what would that? Guillermo del Toro. Guillermo del Toro. It's probably one of the coolest, creepiest sci-fi fantasy drama slash war film I've ever seen. <laughs> it's got everything. It, uh, it really is. It, it really is a, a masterpiece it's of a, a film. It's a devastating film. It's a beautiful film, too. There's, like, the way, like, the, the blue glow throughout so many of the fantasy It's things. a movie that, like, beautifully melds CGI and, and costumes. Like, you know, like, the, the guy who plays Pan is just wearing costumes the whole time mm -hmm. and, and, and just doing mime work. Which is awesome. It looks so good and, and it's like a whole, lot scarier. The, the whole plot, the whole, just the storyline is brilliant. Yeah. I thought Guillermo just had this crazy, imaginative, you know, creative story and he really perfected it in this film. It was just a movie, like, when you watch it, you're like, man, that was amazing. <laughs> and it only gets better with time, which says a lot about the film. Okay. So we talked a lot about hands. Now let's talk about how awesome Goodwill Hunting is. <sighs> An amazing script, which still like amazes me that Matt Damon and Ben Affleck wrote this script, and they were young as hell when they wrote this, yeah. <laughs> and then they starred in the films. Nonetheless, it makes you want them to write something else together, right? They should totally tag team another screenplay. <laughs> <laughs> Robert the Williams, expectations would be so high. Robert Williams was probably his greatest performance yes. in his career. He won him won him the Oscar. Yeah. Many drivers in it. This is an absolutely incredible story. Um, it's 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 a lot it's a lot simpler. <laughs> There's no crazy special effects or CGI like Pan's Labyrinth. Pan's Labyrinth is more of an epic than Goodwill Hunting. Goodwill Hunting is more of a coming of age story with troubled friends and a, a troubled you know individual your yeah. protagonist. Very powerful. Both are very powerful films. Oh man, okay. I think we're gonna have to make our decision here now, Mike. We're on the clock. Okay. Hmm. I know what I'm gonna pick. Okay, I know what I'm going to pick, too. I'm going to pick Goodwill Hunting. How do you like awesome. them apples? <laughs> <laughs> I'm also picking Goodwill Hunting. Wow, nice. But that was a very tough decision for us to make. I'm surprised that that ended so quickly. Okay, um, Casino Royale versus Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. I have not seen Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Alright, I would pick that. Is that okay? Really? Yeah. Um, yeah, that would just fine to me. Not pick it. Okay. Uh, Wild Wild West versus American Psycho. I do like me some Wild Wild West, <laughs> but <laughs> I gotta pick American Psycho. Oh, back to back Will Smithies. Men in Black versus As Good As It Gets. Will Smithies. <laughs> um, As Good As It Gets. Really? I, I, again, I I'm pick not, Men in Black. I'm here. not that like I like Men in Black, but I think you like it way too much. I did not like that As Good As It Gets that much. No, no, it was. Kind of boring. We're gonna flip the penny again. Hedges, men in black. Tails is as good Here as Here comes the men in black. Ah, it won. Men in black. 
Anchorman versus Cruel Intentions. Anchorman. Yes, Woo-hoo. it is. Awesome movie. <clears throat> Tropic Thunder versus Twister. I would go Tropic Thunder <clears throat> here. Right. I, think I do like me some Twister. If Chris was here, he would go with Twister, I think. It's a good movie. It's a good movie. I'm going with Tropic Thunder as well. Tropic Thunder. Men in Black again. <laughs> Oh, we have Men in Black versus The World is Not Enough. We got Bond versus Mr. Smith. We're going Men in Black. Yes, we are. Uh, Incredible Hulk 2008 versus Chicago. Incredible Hulk. Really? I haven't seen really? Incredible Hulk, so I can't oh. say it. Have you seen Chicago? Yeah. I'm gonna. I'll go with you with Incredible okay. Hulk if you want. You know, because one on one. Anchorman again versus Robin Hood. We're going Anchorman. Oh wait, 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 wait! It's the original Robin Hood. I'm still going with that. Okay, me too. <laughs> <laughs> Truman Show versus Goldeneye. Wow. Goldeneye's the good, one of the better James Bonds. The best James Bond. In your opinion. What is it in your opinion? I don't know. I like the, uh, what was like, oh, I can't remember now. Maybe it is the best one. Okay. <laughs> Truman Show was excellent as well. One of Jim Carrey's finest. Possibly Jim Carrey's finest. <laughs> I would say behind Eternal, I think it's yeah. his best. I go back and forth with those two movies. They're really both amazing to me. I, I would I, I guess I'd have to say Eternal is a little bit better. Right. But I love the Truman Show. I'm gonna pick the Truman me Show. Me too. Here. Let's do a couple more, okay? The Waterboy versus Three Kings. <laughs> I like the Waterboy. <laughs> You're not picking that over Three Kings. <laughs> I am picking that over Three Kings. The Waterboy is very funny to me. We are flipping a coin. <laughs> Waterboy, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> totally just pissed Rob off with that one. <laughs> Wayne's World versus Breakfast Club. It's Breakfast, Breakfast Club. Club by a mile. Woohoo! Two more. Let's do two more. Terminator versus The Blues Brothers. The Terminator. The Terminator. You've been terminated. Kung Fu Panda versus Hellboy 2. Um. Both in 2008. I'm going to pick Hellboy 2 because I wasn't too yeah, fond of Kung Fu Panda. We'll do one more. Jerry Maguire versus Shaun of the Dead. Of course, it's a tough one. Honestly, I've seen Jerry Maguire, I think, once, and it was a long time ago. I don't remember it too much right now. I want to say... hello, Rob. <laughs> I want to say I enjoyed it thoroughly, and it was a very good film, but I just really don't remember Show it. me the money. I Show I me <laughs> the money. <laughs> There's, like, a lot of quotable lines from that film. Very iconic quotes. Shaun of the Dead is the movie I would pick. I would pick Only because I, I don't get tired of that movie. I watch it over and over again. So have you gotten tired with Jerry Maguire? I've only seen it like four times. I think I've seen Shaun of the Dead like twelve. Or at least in parts. I'll pick Shaun of the Dead because again, right. I don't really remember Jerry Maguire. Well, that just about does it, folks. Out just there. about does it. Um, I guess I'm going to give you the, all the information. We have a Facebook plate. <laughs> plate. A Facebook a commemorative page. plate for you to <laughs> eat off of. We should get some plates. Yes. And then give them out to people. Like it. it is facebook.com slash on the movie front. We also have an email. Please write to us. We like reading emails. Um, that would be Hotmail. Wait, it <laughs> 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 what is <laughs> it? It is on the movie, on the movie front at Hotmail.com. Wow, I don't know why I totally play. I'm like, how do emails work right now? Um, we also have the blog where we throw up all... <laughs> we throw up all of our blog posts. <laughs> the worst conclusion ever. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you're you're saying all this stuff next time. Don't play. <laughs> <All right. laughs> it's um OTMF dash podcast.blogspot.com. Okay, so I think we're gonna come back next week. Michael is going to see Midnight in Paris because like I said to Mike and to all you listeners out there, you can't really talk about this film without spoiling. 
spoiling it, and I didn't want Michael to be spoiled for that. No spoiling. It's a very please. joyful and delightful film. I think you're gonna like it. Do it. Do it. Okay. So thanks, thanks for, for listening. listening. Ooh, James Bond. Okay. Yeah. I think you owe me. You owe me five dollars next week. Do 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 do. Stay tuned. I mean, or goodbye. 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 <laughs>